Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Brutes, where we tell the stories behind your favorite beer. This is Sound Guy Ryan, and joining me, as always, is Erica and Matt. Hello, everybody. We are here at a very, very secret location. So uh, secret. It might not even be the same secret location in last week's episode, or maybe it is. Y- it, you wouldn't know. No, just kidding. We're on the galactic airline, the Virgin Airlines. We spent all the money from our podcast to go to space <laughs> because that's what good billionaires do. They yes. don't donate it to world hunger. <laughs> they don't donate it to people that are starving. You know, they go to space. Because, yeah, why not? We, we want to be good entrepreneurs, so we're going to space too. So this episode was recorded in space. Duh. Nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we're here at Notch again. It's local and we drink local. That's what we do. But this episode is not local. Who's the. It's not. No, we uh, talked to Short Fuse. That's right. They're out of Illinois. Oh, yeah. Schilling Park, Illinois, to be exact. Which. Specific. I have never been to Schilling Park. Neither have I, but um, I'm looking forward to stopping by one day. I've been to parks before, so I'm sure it's cool. Really? I think they're probably similar. All parks are very similar. Yeah. Yeah. I found that out. They usually have like a jungle gym. I love jungle gyms. Jungle gyms are sick. Ryan one time did 47 pull-ups on a jungle gym. I believe it. It was one crazy. Time. One, one time. Yeah, Ryan used to be super jacked before you knew him. Before he was a sound guy? Before he jack drank guy. beer. Yeah, he was, he was gym, <laughs> gym guy, Ryan. But anyway, yeah, so we interviewed Craig. Yeah, was, uh, I remember him being super smart. He was super, super smart. smart. Super smart. Yeah. I wrote it in my notes in my Pro Tools. Yeah. Like, this kid's <laughs> wicked smart. Wicked smart. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, so we're going to get to that episode, but uh, keep drinking local. Uh, As always. Yeah. Also, just be kind to everyone. There's a lot of like negativity we've seen on like social media and all that stuff. So Don't be a poopy Yeah, face. stop being an asshole. Just be nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we have an amazing episode and announcement for next week, so catch us in the outro. Cheers. Cheers. Erica, do you know that Abraham Lincoln is from this state? I did, actually. What's, I, what's I nailed state? that trivia. What state are we interviewing We this are week? in Illinois. Yeah, which is pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I have lofty goals of going to Chicago, Ooh. but... You know, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, yeah. But maybe on my way to Chicago, we'll stop at this brewery. Yeah, I'll take a little, little stop, a little side trip, yeah. side door. To where? To Short Fuse. That's right. That's where we are today. Yeah. On our ever lofty goal of getting 50 breweries. We're getting closer. We are getting closer. Yeah. I'm like very proud that we are in Illinois. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. 50 breweries in 50 states. 50 breweries in 50 exactly. states. That's right. Thank you, Ryan. It. You're welcome. You didn't finish, so I <laughs> thought I'd complete it. <laughs> Without Ryan, nothing would sound this good, and we would not have complete thoughts. So I appreciate it's true. that. You're welcome. <laughs> so we're here at Short Fuse Beer. Short, short Fuse. I had a couple beers. Short Fuse Brewing, and we're here with Craig. What's up, Craig? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. Uh, we are here via Squadcast, of course, but we wish we were there in person. Indeed. Um, but we start all our episodes by asking our guests, what are their first memory of beer? And roll at the brewery. So take it away. First memory of beer would be like a really warm ice house. That was probably the first bad memory of beer. Oh my beer. God, ice then... house. That's a throwback, man. <laughs> but then getting into craft beer, I think, Probably Cezanne Dupont being like one of my mm. one of my favorites, getting me into that world, yeah. a realm realm of something that was really different that I hadn't tried before. Very cool. That's a great beer. <laughs> uh, and a roll. What's your roll at the brewery? Um, so 
I'm a brewer, um, slash kind of everything. Um, I brought on, we had, uh, like the lead brewer and partner slash head brewer leave and I kind of got put in charge and it was a little bit, a little bit much for me to handle. So I hired our head brewer, Brian. Um, so we kind of basically kind of throw some ideas around, see what sticks, um, with our owner, Nick, and then he kind of approves or denies certain things. So we kind of, we basically run this brewery by ourselves. Um, it's a lot bigger than you would think. Actually, so. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So you mentioned yeah. off air, you've been at, at short fuse for just a little while. How long have you been there for? Coming up on two years in July. Actually. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. And how long has the brewery been around for? Um, I think, I think we've been around. I think this will be our fifth year. <laughs> Pop quiz. Oh, yeah. coming, coming, coming up in, yeah, June, June, July. That's wow. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, you know, when you had that warm ice house, that wasn't a moment in time where you were like, oh, I just want to be in beer. This like, is amazing. This is amazing. Uh, <laughs> and I'm guessing you had that warm ice house in college because that's when I would drink warm ice houses as well. So yeah. what? how did you disappoint your parents in getting to brewing? <laughs> oh, man. Um and it's not a disappointment. I mean, it's, a very, it's a very, it's a very good career. I'm just, it's, it's a joke. <laughs> oh no! But I mean, it was definitely like a running away with the circus kind of moment for sure. Um, so I got, my, had just got my EMT license after college, and then I was taking some courses doing that. And then my friend started getting getting into home brewing, so I would just help him, you know, bottle beer and stuff like that, kind of get the rundown of what was going on. And then he moved away to Vermont. Ooh. So I kind of had to figure it out by myself. Um, so what I started in the library, <laughs> renting out, renting like some books and stuff like that and started putting some serious studies into doing that. And then I wasn't so interested in my EMT class anymore. <laughs> I finished it. I finished it, but I was like, you know, just doing a lot of stuff on the side. Um, and then basically I just kind of started to think like, you know, like, is there any way that this could be a viable career? Um, and I think that there was, at least at that time, like a lot of stigma, like, oh, you have like a master's in, you know, biochem or something like that. <laughs> um, kind of, you know, it takes a while, but a lot of those things are, you know, learn, learn skills for the, for the most part. Um, so I kind of saw it as more of a viable option and then went to Siebel, um, Awesome. Probably eight, probably eight years ago, and I got my first job in packaging and did that for a little while. And worked your way out up. To What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. You were kind of worked your way up. Oh yeah, just worked my way up from there, and then uh, it took longer than I expected for sure. But <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so where did you cut your teeth before Short Fuse? So I started at Finch Brewing Company, also in Chicago, and then. Uh, I would say the job market in Chicago wasn't really, it was mostly like, uh, volunteer based. A lot of people, a lot of people would be like, come over, we'll give you a case of beer when you help working for the day. Um, so there weren't a lot of job opportunities here at the time. So I decided to move out to Colorado, found some good opportunities there, crooked save and cerebral. Cool. Um, and I got a job back here. It seemed like good opportunity. So I moved back. Nice. Nice. Actually, yeah. to kind of backtrack a little bit, you said you went to Siebel. Did you do like kind of the full course? Or did you just do like a quick, like the two, I think they have like a two week course. Um, yeah, I did like the, um, 
So it's not the master brewer, brewer program, but it mm -hmm. is the three modules that are in Chicago. Very cool. Yeah. And um, do you feel that really kind of helped you become the brewer you are today? Yeah. So basically <laughs> they, um, I think it does a really good job kind of, um, I guess giving you the insight on like thought processes in which you, um, you know, can be successful. It kind of just gives you like a kind of like troubleshooting, yeah. troubleshooting type yeah. issues. Um, I don't think that is, you know, everything, you know, I think a lot, I think a lot, I think a lot of my experience comes way more from jobs that I've had and things that I've learned from other For people sure. around me or, you know, other various resources that are online and stuff now. Yeah, I feel like you could say that with almost any education. <laughs> like the real oh, world right. stuff yeah. teaches you a lot more. Yeah, I hated yeah. engineering school and I <laughs> learned so much more on the on the job. Right, I can right. Totally agree. Um, it's always interesting. I think we see a lot less people going towards an education route in the brewing industry, mm. uh, where if you backtrack, you know, to where you were going, we saw a lot more UC Davis, Siebel educated brewers. It's kind of like a recent thing. I kind of feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you, what would your word of advice be to people entering the industry? Would you say cut your teeth for a little while in breweries or go for education? Or both. Tough. It's a tough <laughs> one. It really just depends how much money you have in your bank account, really. Because <laughs> Cool. People's <laughs> yeah. expensive. UC Davis is expensive. Um, yeah, but like, so Siebel also doesn't have any, I don't think it's nationally accredited, so I don't, you, you can't take out a loan gotcha. through, you know, anything to go there. You can take out a personal loan, but, um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, um, I think I would definitely recommend some type of education. I think that there's a lot of resources out there, you know, whether it just be starting with like, you know, getting certified as your own, that type of thing, or, um, you know, like beer judging is also good, you know, a good starting point as well. It's good to have something to put on your resume to kind of like get, you know, give somebody the impression that you're serious about what you're doing and you're yeah. not just there to hang out. Um, Oh, I can just hang out and drink beer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Around here we have UNH. UNH has a pretty good program. Yeah. UVM yeah. has one as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Uh, so, you were in Colorado. How much different is the beer scene in Colorado than it is in Chicago? Ooh, that's a good question. So, I think that there weren't necessarily a lot of established tap rooms at the time here. Um, and everything, everything more kind of tipped towards like production. Like, how do we, you know, how do we get a bunch, a big enough group of investors to get like a national brand out there? which is not the Colorado business model at all. It's complete. It's completely inverted from that. And even more so it's like, how do we get everyone from the neighborhood to come in here and appreciate this as a neighborhood place? Yeah. Um, so it's very like neighborhood and like community oriented and focus, I would say. Um, and I think the Chicago beer, there are, you know, so many places opening up, opening up here and, um, that it is sort of becoming, closer to being in that model. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, I think that there are also, I think to expand on that, not just community, I think beer styles differ a lot from place from the Midwest, at least to Colorado. I think that hazy IPAs here, are like more towards like the lactose sweet end of it. Interesting. And, um, 
which, you know, like, you know, six, seven Plato finishing, you know, really sweet. Um, those seem to be the breweries that are doing really, are doing really well and selling a lot of hazy IPAs. Um, I would, I would say that like, like Weldworks, Reverl, Out of Range, like those are kind of, you know, a little bit, a little bit drier, a little bit less sweet. More your West Coast the, the, style. the players like yeah. demanding that yeah. aspect of it. And then like not as many milkshakes and stuff either. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, obviously Chicago, I think a lot of people know Chicago and they say like Goose Island, right? And we know that Goose Island is not a, it's a craft beer or whatever, but you know, what was the Chicago scene like kind of before the craft beer, you know, boom, was it just kind of like Goose Island and. Yeah. So it's kind of Goose Island revolution, half acre. Um, a lot of others started popping up, but it there wasn't, there wasn't like as big a community at that time. I want to say, um, I mean, there there certainly was, but it wasn't, you know. I guess it wasn't as easy to, or it wasn't as approachable. I guess. Yeah. Um, I think the broad, broader variety of everything out there right now is making it a lot more accessible for people to try new stuff and. Definitely. At least if they're open, they'll probably like something. Just, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So before we get too far into what the Chicago beer scene is like, we have a word from our sponsors. So take it away, Sound Guy Ryan. Did you know that your favorite Massachusetts breweries use hops from a local family-owned hop farm right here in Massachusetts? Our friends over at Four Star Farms are there for you, whether you're a commercial brewery or a small batch home brewer. Make sure to head over to their website today and get your hands on some of the best and freshest hops available locally. Cheers. At our local homebrew shop, Beer and Wine Hobby, you can get everything you need to make beer, wine, cider, cheese, and more. Not sure where to start? They have knowledgeable staff there to help. Beer and Wine Hobby is family-owned and located in Danvers, Massachusetts. Visit their website, beer-wine.com, and use our promo code BRUITS for 10% off your online order today. Shirts on Tap is the box subscription service for craft beer lovers. Each month, Shirts on Tap partners up with seven different breweries from across the country and collaborates on a sweet custom shirt design. We've been teamed up with Shirts on Tap since the inception of the podcast and are proud to announce a new promo code for all of our listeners. To get your first shirt for $5 off, go to the link in our description below and use the promo code. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. And we're back. Erica, you can say it. What, what are we? Oh, we're back in black. You what? A big ACDC <laughs> fan or something? I don't know. I just felt just I just, just felt right. at that moment. Yeah. You know, I'll just yeah. yeah, just go with it. So, Craig, what's your favorite <laughs> ACDC? I'm just kidding. No. Uh, so, <laughs> we were talking about you know uh, how Colorado kind of you know differs from the Chicago scene, and you were mentioning you know you guys kind of lean towards more you know the the sweeter side, of, side things. of things. Um, but is that kind of what the Chicago area is known for? Um, 
you know, or is that what short fuse is known for? <laughs> I think, well, I think the Midwest in general is known for that. Okay. I, I think I try to model our IPAs more towards the side, air towards the side of like how I want, how I want them to be, and how, I'm, <laughs> how I'm used to making them. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, you know, you like you take what you know and you and you apply it to your current position. Like these are more model. Like a lot of the IPAs that we make are more mild after, after some of the beers that I've made in Colorado. Yeah. So, so I'm drinking a beer called Bear, Bear E White play on berry white i'm guessing <laughs> which is a white pale wheat ale with hints of fruit um and you guys really actually you have gummy bears on there and it does taste like gummy bears <laughs> it yes. doesn't smell the flavor <laughs> um is that kind of what you're speaking to you know that sweet but approachable kind of flavor um yeah actually that i think that's one of our more you know, I think that's one of our, our more drier beers. I think the gummy bears just kind of put out like there's not that much sugar in there, but I think the gummy bears kind of give that impression. Definitely. Um, so that beer actually pitches like the yeast from that beer actually pitches every beer in our in our brewery, with some exceptions, but pretty cool. much all around. Like if we didn't have that beer, we would be working on yeast props like all the time. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> yeah, so nice. that's, yeah. Yeah. So having that as like one of our top sellers is that's uh, cool. Great. Yeah, if and it's in have, twelve ounce cans. That, we'd be in trouble. Yeah, I, we noticed it's in twelve ounce cans. Is that just because is twelve ounce cans more popular in the Midwest? Or are you guys doing the sixteen ounce? Um, so that is actually one. We've changed a lot of beers over to sixteen ounce. We used to do all of our lagers at twelve ounce. And that's kind of changed this year as well. Um, but I think that I think that the price point just wouldn't work wouldn't work out if we converted it to sixteen ounce. So we decided yeah. to keep that one. And then we now have twelve facts that available as well, mm. which fit better with the twelve ounce cans. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's cool. Uh, speaking of loggers, are you guys doing a lot of loggers? We see a, a big you know, push in the industry, which we've, on our we've gathered, East Coast area. <laughs> yeah, we've gathered is, is brewer driven. We think yeah. it's really actually just brewer driven of loggers and pilsners, yeah. Kolsch's. Uh, what are you guys doing with that? So we have, right now we have a Maybach. Ooh. Um, who we released earlier in the year. El Suave is our Mexican lager. Oh, I love um, Mexican lager. Too. We have an Italian Pilsner in the tank too. What? And that should be ready. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that should be ready in like a month. So my question is, is what makes? <laughs> I can completely interrupt your. <laughs> in, no, because it's it's always so funny. We we see people say like German Pilsner. What makes a Italian Pilsner an Italian Pilsner? Okay, in your so, opinion. <laughs> in your opinion, because there we have had other brewers on here are like it's this, it's this. So we've had like fifteen different opinions. So I think it comes down to malt. Um, for. That's half the, that's like a third of the equation. Um, Weirman has this malt called Uracoya Pills. It's an Italian malt. It's supposed to be a lot lighter. I used it in, uh, I used it in a Dormunder Gold last year and it, it was not as malty as like a normal Pilsner. I shouldn't have gotten excited about it then and I should have waited <laughs> for the Italian to start crazy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, and then you know just dry hopping schedule and 
should, in my opinion, should have some, you know, should have some body. It should have, should be have some body to it. Should be crisp, clean, but a little more malty. Okay. I I think that honestly, I think that the issue with um, IPLs was that people just were kind of just not being like all that creative with them. I I don't know, or like they were just sitting on the shelf forever, you know, just something like yeah. Or else I think that this would have ta- taken off a little bit like five years ago. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. You know, like it's, yeah, no, that, that. So you think you are you thinking Italian pilsners? Are you saying Italian pilsners are taking off? Because I hope you're right. I I think so. I think I, they I are too. Lot, I, I see a lot of breweries doing them. Now. Yeah. 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 Um, We've seen them more often what, out here too. Yeah. And if they're done well, it's well, excellent. Yeah. yeah. What else? Um, Oktoberfest. Um, Oktoberfest is huge in the Midwest. Um, so we actually sold out of a 60 barrel batch like quickly wow. last year. You guys have Within, a pretty large German community out there. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. Especially in Wisconsin, especially in Wisconsin. So yeah. Kind of travels everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's that awesome. Makes sense. We're just going to have to go for yeah. Oktoberfest if we can't I, go I to Germany. So, right. Second best. <laughs> Second best. We might as well. Uh, so Craig, you know, um, we always ask our guests, you know, what you kind of flir- you kind of mentioned uh, Italian pilsners, but what what other styles do you think are coming down the pipeline? Oh, um, it's a good question. Obviously, fruited sours are like here's day. Um, seltzers, <laughs> seltzers. Um, I think. Oh, okay. Well, there. I think they've always been here here to stay but people got sidetracked for a little bit i think west coast ipas are coming back heavily really and i do not it just without the bitterness type thing like have you ever had any okay. society society Ooh, or like, uh, if... sure i have or like Pliny the elder as well like i'm yes. out in california a lot yeah um and, and the more i taste a lot of those beers the less bitter i think they are Okay. Do you think that's just because your think... palate's been burnt by so much hop? <laughs> um, you know what? I I know. I think that um, I think that I think that like before we everyone was using a lot of crystal malts and those yeah. just oxidized pretty quickly and more rapidly. Yeah, it was the IBU craze um, and the IBU thing. Um, and I I think that I think. So we just made one that was only like 45 IBU and then pretty, not as heavy as like a hazy IPA dry hop, but you know, still like a pretty heavy dry hop. Um, and you know, I, I think it's like way more approachable and drinkable than, you know, something that is, you know, 80, 90 U on the brew house side. Definitely. Hmm. I think something also that, is coming down the pipeline too is like how basically how little we know about like IBU pickup as compared to like what is in textbooks. We, I think we did a, when I was in Colorado, we did a no hot side edition with hops at all, just knocked out the beer and then just dry hopped it heavily. And it came out to like 80 IBU. Oh, wow. Tested, tested in a lab. So I think you can get a lot of IBU. Uh, and it wasn't the greatest beer ever, but <laughs> it was it was cool. It was cool for experience, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if nothing else. Um. So I don't know. I I think that if you 
you know, if people can make that style more palatable and approachable and let, you know, slightly less on the bitterness side, I think that that's going to come back a lot. Do you think it'll be called a West Coast IPA <laughs> at that point, or are they going to change the name? We call, uh, we call it a modern IPA. Ooh, Ooh really? so modern. There's something in the middle. <laughs> oh, my God. What is it going to be a... a... What's the, the, the medal? Someone will get a gold medal for a modern IPA now or something like that at a <laughs> GABF. Or... Yeah, yeah. So um, we mentioned fl- seltzers and you kind of laughed. What's your opinion on seltzers? Um, Do you guys brew a seltzer? What we, We've we done a few seltzers. The issue is clarifying them. Always. Yeah. I, I kind of wa- wanted to get like, like, we wanted to get the process down. We didn't want to just fruit something heavily and give someone a glass of yeast and you know enjoy yeah <laughs> it's it's crazy because it doesn't you know like the yeast doesn't fall out and then if you don't really have any filter you know like filtration you're going to run into some issues yeah um because like normal fining agents don't work and then if you don't if you don't have any method if you don't have a centrifuge or you don't have any method of fil- filtration it's going to be tough um, we figured out we figured out a solution, um, so we're, we're gonna have to rebrew one here soon. Hmm. What's your opinion on them? Um, I mean, I could do one or two. It's kind of like a cider. Yeah, like yeah, you know, a well-made cider. I can I can do that, but I don't think there's really anything. There's no, like no no craft to it. Mm. I don't think yep. you know. Yep. It's just like it's just feeding. It's just feeding a demand. Um. But do you think you know, there could be a craft to it? I don't know. <laughs> it's just it's just flavorings and extracts. Yeah. You know, it's just fine. It's it's like find your favorite combination of this or that. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know, Goose Island's doing barrel aged seltzers now, so we'll see what that's like. There's a brewery <laughs> oh, on here that's man. doing it too that I'm Yeah. And one of my one of my very good friends who got me into brewing is like He's like leading the charge, like for R and D and development for that stuff at Goose. Nice. So, yeah. Tim, Tim Faith, if you're listening, you're doing a great job. <laughs> I've yet to try one. Now. That's great. <laughs> Goose Island, obviously being kind of the biggest Chicago brewery. Um, I mean, are they kind of part of the scene still? I mean, it's like Sam Adams, right? Like in our area, they're. Well, Goose Island is actually owned by someone right they are in bev ab and bev right yeah. yeah but i mean are they still i know sam adams is not yes I, yeah technically yeah. sam adams still owns oh sam adams <laughs> yeah but i mean they're sold throughout the country like goose island um it's true do they kind of still participate in the same ballpark as you guys or not really yeah um i think they do a lot of small R and D stuff. So they've been doing a lot of like collaborations and kind of, you know, fun stuff and keeping it relevant. Um, I think Revolution's a great example too of that kind of business model of like a huge you know, huge brewery brewery like three you know, three hundred barrel fermenters. Oh, you know, take up take up an entire street loading event. <laughs> um and still kind of been able to, you know, put out some stuff that is interesting you know, things that are interesting that like bring people in. Yeah. So I'm curious about short fuse. You've been there for two, two and a half years. Um, what are some of the, you know, you mentioned the, the Barry white, but what are your flagship beers? 
Uh, so Lucy's Juicy's are like house hazy IPA. Um, that's a good name. And let's see, one of, like one of my first projects I did here was it's a beer called Tropical Hurt Locker. It's kettle sour. It's like a small amount of lactose. It's not it's not that much where it's really overpowering, sweet, and noticeable. Um, that's the passion fruit raspberry. Um, demand for that's grown a lot. We're actually doing 60 barrels of it this week. So holy cow, that's yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we have like we have a lot of seasonals like guava margarita goes. Um, that's typically our seasonal. Um, and then in the fall, we did a Dunkel Weiss for our seasonal. That Ooh, like really a, good. A Dunkel Weiss. Yes. Interesting. So not, so, so not a Dunkel Weizen. Same same thing. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm getting so that caught up here. I, that actually won a gold at like the U.S. Beer Open. Oh, cool! It, I think that competition's on New York. Yeah. Um, that one did. That one did really well. Um, let's see what what else. We've been doing a lot of kettle sours. Um, mm-hmm. I've been messing around with this yeast a lot. That does um, basically gives you like a lactic acid drop in fermentation that is similar to kettle souring, but without tying up your kettle interesting for, for three days um so we did one we did one of those that um watermelon sour patch kids <laughs> and like some watermelon concentrate it's actually like i was not that excited to like plan that out and do it but it it came out really really well <laughs> i already know that that's gonna be that's awesome um on the, on the schedule a lot yeah um it's kind of interesting because it doesn't it doesn't really give like that full like like complexity and flavor of mm-hmm. a traditional kettle sour just yeah it's kind of like clean really dry and kind of it's really really approachable i think what is the yeast strain out of curiosity if you don't mind <sighs> there's there's a few out one's called philly sour oh yeah um, mm-hmm. the other one is um i think it's lalamond uh sour vicier yeah uh so you like co-pitch that with you know like we use uso5 or like chico right um co-pitch that and then it will give you like a progressive drop like your knockout ph is you know like going to the fermenter at the same same ph and then just kind of drops from there nice Um, yeah so that's clearly been a demand forever because oh yeah you know, like, <laughs> you know like my boss is like, we can't just be tying up the brew house all the time. I'm like, I know. <laughs> Speaking of the brew house, uh, how big of a system are you guys brewing on? We're on a 30 barrel. Nice. Um, it's kind of challenging because our boil kettle is exactly 30 barrels. So if we like perfect over, over sparge <laughs> or, or under sparge, that's kind of it. But um, yeah, so it makes experimentation fun. Um, but yeah, it, it works well for us, like size wise. Um, could be a little bit bigger, but um, you'll get there. We max it out in the in the winter for all. You know, we've been spending spent a lot of time this winter just filling up barrels, pretty much. Oh, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are kind you... of barrel aged things are you uh you doing? <sighs> There's a long list. Um, one. <laughs> Your favorite then. <laughs> 
I can tell you, well, you know, we did barley wine. Yeah. Um, like more of traditional English mm. barley wine and not. Cool. Um, I did a Belgian stout. Ooh. Um, so Belgian Abbey, so kind of, and then a lot of malts and, you know, some candy syrup that would accentuate like raisin, like dark raisin right. characteristics, plum fig. Um, <clears throat> and then I put those into three different kinds of cognac barrels. Um, one of them were actual cognac barrels and then one of them was an X whiskey and one of them was an X. There's another one in there. Okay. Um, but I'm actually ex- excited to see how it turns out. I think it'll be nice. That's yeah. cool. That is cool. And, yeah. some, and something, you know, kind of different from yeah. the usual yeah. offering. Oh, definitely. So Craig, we yeah. kind of touched upon it earlier. Uh, some of your feelings about, you know, some trends in the brewing industry. But I'm curious to find out what frustrates you in the brewing industry. But our listeners are going to have to wait until our sponsor bump to find out. Take it away, Sound Guy Ryan. Are you a solo artist, band, podcaster, or anyone else who needs recording services? Well, we got a place for you where your vision can become a reality. Welcome to Small Pond Studios, built by hand with heart and sweat equity by musicians for musicians. Go to smallpondstudios.io to reach out to get more information. And make sure you let them know that Brute sent you. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. All right, so we're back. Craig, we are curious. Uh, what frustrates you in the brewing industry as it stands today? Oh man! Um, tell us your feelings. <laughs> if you would, if you had just said, "Tell me your feelings," that's really different. Yeah. Um, I think. Oh yeah, this is a good one. I I think. Um, I think there's a lot, a lot of, you know, like kind of in, in, this is like an old man on, on a ledge kind of thing. Like, I think there's a lot of entitlement going around right now. And I don't think people are as willing to work their way up as they once were. Mm, yeah. Kind of put in their time to do stuff. Um, I think we interviewed an applicant. He's like, okay, you know, like for seller. And he's like, yeah, I want to make $30 an hour. I was like, oh, okay. You're right back to you. <laughs> Yeah, Sellerman, thirty dollars um, an hour. <laughs> uh, availability of cans. You know, there there are a lot of like frustrating things during COVID that were kind of yeah. not, not as fun to deal with, but um, you know, solutions for every problem. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, I think I, I think maybe like the availability of. Um, or people's willingness to make things that are, you know, actually like interest, you know, interesting and fun, but like difficult that would challenge them. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily, you know, like I don't really see many like um, 
there's certain brews that have this niche, but a lot, I don't think a lot of people are doing many saisons anymore. Agreed. Agreed. Um, we don't see many out here either. I think there's, well, there's obviously some classifications um, genetically that come with that because they um, diastatic positive. So everyone, I think everyone's scared. To, they're yeah. just as scared to bring that into the brewery as they are to bring other, you know, like you know, sour bread, things. Yeah. Brett lactopedia, whatever, whatever the case may be. Yeah. Um, so I think there is kind of like some type of fear um, going on with that right now. Definitely. I, I, I would love to see that change because I, I love a good saison. I do too. Pharma yeah. style, anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, if there is a beer style that you could eliminate forever, Ooh. what would that beer <laughs> style be? That's aggressive. Mm. That's a really good question. <laughs> I don't know. They're kind of all my little children. You know? I, can't just, I, can't, I can't just toss one out the back door. <laughs> That's cute. That's a good answer. Yeah, Done. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> so well, then, do you have a favorite hop then? Um. Yeah, I think there's some interesting. I really like Brew One last year, just kind of massive pineapple yeah. character. Strata came out last year. That was really good. Meridian's really nice. Um. I think there's a lot more. There's a lot more innovation on the hop side now. So there's, Definitely. you know, like, you know, whether it's like incognito or Lupo Max or whatever, um, you know, just types of like concentrated, you know, hop hellization. And I think there's a lot of options of things to do there as well. Um, I think we're not, not so limited in our options anymore and not everything is being as covered up by, you know, extreme, extreme bitterness and right. That type of stuff. So I think finally getting to play around with stuff a lot. Do you have a favorite ingredient? Like, are hops your favorite, or is it you think yeast or water? Or not necessarily your favorite, like maybe most important. Or yeah, I would say hops. For sure. Yeah, nice. It's fun to play. It's fun to play around with. We have like a little grinder on the table, so like I'll get samples and like crush yeah. them up and smell them. Yeah. And I think it's fun getting other people's opinions on what they think about those two before we before we use them or like decide to put it put them into something and kind of play around with, play play around with that and get better at sense three on that side. Yeah. For that kind of a thing, do you just do a hop grind? Do you do like um and we do like hop teas now and things like that, or what other ways do you use to kind of try out hops? I just I actually just grind them up. Okay. Cool. Um, <laughs> you can yeah you can make. You can make a tea type thing, but I, I think you'll be better. I think you'll be better off just kind of stepping <laughs> up and smelling them. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, We're getting some really bad hops from South Africa lately, though. I can tell you that. Oh no, not our South African friends. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, do you um do you guys use like sensory panels to make sure your beer is consistent from um, from brew to brew? Uh, how do you do some QC in the brewery? Um, I think. There's not really as many people to be able to do that. Yeah. We, like for for how big our brewery is, um, we don't. We I think we only have like five employees in the back. Wow. Wow. That's crazy yeah. for like a 30, <laughs> 30 barrel system. That's, wow. It should it should be. <laughs> yeah. There's 
it's probably gonna have to be another one here that gets added soon um but a lot of things i would say a lot of things are just dependent on things that we notice and bring up to each other yeah um, like I'll, I'll take some notes on some stuff and be like maybe we should try this out um we definitely tried a lot like in our house ipa we, we tried out a lot of different whether like malts or like the hop bill has always been fairly consistent kind of switch things around um but kind of change try to change malt or like processes or what we do on that side a lot um so we've kind of we've kind of tried some variables with with that in our hazy ipas as well nice cool all right craig so where are you getting some inspiration for your beers so a lot of those are bait well a lot of the beers that i like to make are based on something that something that I've had before or tried before and kind of trying to, you know, not necessarily replicate that, but make something similar to it. Um, so the Belgian stout in this case was based on a beer out of a, a brewery out of Belgium called Destroysa. And they made, um, it's like one of the only barrel aged Belgian stouts that I've had. So I kind of tried to like come up with something, um, that was similar toward to that or, you know, like a lot of kettle sours or, or traditional sours that we like put into fooders or something like that would be like maybe trying to, maybe trying to mimic something that, you know, like I tried when I was at Kirkwood's Dave or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Where are you yeah. getting um these beers? Like I've never even heard of a Belgian stout, you know, where, where are you finding that? I found it at a local liquor store five years ago, I think. <laughs> cool, like, five years ago. All right. Yeah. I'll get in my time machine. Yeah. <laughs> it, was always in the, it was always in the back of my mind, and I've, I've never kind of you know had the opportunity to come up with something like that. So Yeah, that's cool. You mentioned earlier, you know, your your boss, quote-unquote, uh, basically says yay or nay on some ideas. What's an idea that he said no on that you still to this day think would have been a great idea? Ooh. <laughs> um, I don't know because it's, it's mostly just things that you know. It's like we we already have too many hazy IPAs. We already have too many of this or too many yeah. of that. Um, but I, I, he said he says yes to a lot. Actually, I'm doing a kettle sour with like marion berries. Ooh. Um. Marionberries, blueberries, blackberries, and coffee. Oh, wow. Some, <laughs> Whoa. Some, some people, yeah, it, it gets a it gets a really good response from a lot from some people and a really bad one from others. Oh no. But <laughs> it, in, in terms of kind of in terms of um, that beer, you have you kind of have to have it sweeter to not get like super roasty coffee. Right. So like yeah, figure I out a way of in fermentation to kind of make it a little sweeter and yeah. I think it'll it's gonna be a lot more you know palatable won't be as dry as some of the other showers I was gonna say how do you balance all those flavors you just try to make it a little sweet so it's not so roasty just like there's just so many crazy flavors in there you know how do you make it taste good without and being then, over the top and crazy <laughs> so the other side to that is that you kind of I think like using some type of some types of like concentrates kind of give like a little bit more sharper, mm -hmm. definitely obviously more acidic, um, but kind of give like a little bit, a little bit more of that sticks around. Um, so using like a balance of concentrates puree as opposed to just using puree. 
Gotcha. I think we'll help you achieve that a lot better. Okay. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. <laughs> I, I want to... <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, we always see on Instagram people saying, like, the Midwest is known for, like, pickle beer. Is ah. that, like, is that actually, like, a thing in the Midwest, or is that just kind of, like, people one, that, that... One brewery per, does this. One brewery <laughs> does, like, a pickle-based beer, and... I... I've never heard of that before, but I know a lot of people that just take pickle shots. Like picklebacks? <laughs> yeah, picklebacks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. That, we... was, that was like a thing. Like, the, there's always like, a, there's always someone that goes to a bar, or not always, but like, I've had experiences of like, what are you doing right now? Like, that, is, that sounds so gross. Oh, me. it's really good, actually. You should do it. Have, have you done it? <laughs> um,. I like pickles, but not like the olive <laughs> juice. <laughs> I don't know if I like pickles that much. I guess is the is the point. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty good cool. on questions. Erica, you got any more? Yeah. No. Just. I mean, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I think we're good. I think we're good. That's we're a great. That's a Midwest thing. What? Oh, what is it? Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. Really? Maybe we're secretly Midwesterns. No. Yeah. Uh, you no. Know, yeah. He just did it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No. Nice. Yeah. It means yes. Cool. Yeah. So we're good. We're no. Yeah. We're at, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> so Craig, thank you for doing this today. Um, we want our listeners to make it out to the Chicago area and visit your brewery. So where are you guys physically located? We're located uh, in Schiller Park, Illinois, which is about 15 minutes from O'Hare Airport um, and about about 20 minutes from the actual, about 20 minutes from Chicago, about cool. 35 from down, 35 from downtown. Mm. That's not bad. Um, and I do have a question, though. Yeah. Are, is the deep dish pizza worth the hype and is the <laughs> Chicago dog worth the hype? Chicago dog, definitely. Oh. Um, Deep dish pizza, I only like it from really one place, Lou Malnati's. Um, but most Chicagoans, we like tavern style pizza. Which so is? Like thin thin, thin crust, crust. Yeah. Okay. Cut into squares. <gasps> ah, is it a sweet <gasps> sauce? Blasphemy. Yeah. Is it like a sweeter sauce? <laughs> no, not really. It's huh. kind of supposed to be like bar pizza type just, thing. Yeah, but just you in know? squares. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. So if you're yeah. going out to Chicago, you need to get the tavern style pizza. And what was the place that you you recommended? Lou Malnati's for deep dish is my favorite. Okay. They okay. also have really they also have really good thin crust too. So. Yeah. And then you said obviously Chicago dog throughout the world. It's throughout the world. It's it's, it's worth it. <laughs> oh yeah. There's there's probably two of the best ones are within like two miles of the brewery <gasps> too. All right. That's good to know. Two, See? Two once destination sound guy ryan what do you think <laughs> we getting some dogs ryan's giving a big thumbs up behind the glass um and where are you guys located on social media um should be at short fuse brewing uh on instagram and also short fuse brewing on facebook great easy enough and then we just have mm-hmm. one last question the for last you. question the best question <laughs> what are you most proud of not quitting at some point in time. Yay. I guess, you know, like, there's a lot. There's definitely in packaging, there's a lot of those moments. Like, oh, my goodness. You know, right? You can just walk out the door at any time. You know that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll find someone else to package the beer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's definitely an accomplishment for yeah. sure. Well, Craig, thanks for yeah. doing this today. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, hopefully you get yeah. another seller hand that, you know, 
has better expectations. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what's next for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. Any no problem. Yeah. And we hope to make our way out to Chicago. Real soon. soon. I'll see you soon. So, Sound Guy Ryan, I think you got to cue out that outro before we do so. Cheers. Cheers. All right, everyone. This is Ryan's least favorite portion of the podcast because I usually screw it up. But you know what? I'm going to do it right on the first time. Hell yeah. So who do we have up next week? We got Peter from Portsmouth Brewery. That's right. They're celebrating 30 years of existence. Well, they celebrated. They already celebrated. But, <laughs> but still, it's like a whole year listen, of celebration. If you listen to the right? episode, he's like, I'm celebrating forever. Forever. Okay. Forever. Now, it's a lot of fun episode. You learn a lot of the history of um, Portsmouth Brewing, and you learn a lot about the area and just how passionate Peter is for the industry. Yeah, I think it was a, a big history uh, episode, like learning yeah. where he's been, the beer what? industry in Correct. New England and in yeah. general. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. And what just like amazing brewers have gone through Portsmouth Brewing. Uh, we interviewed Correct. the tap a couple weeks ago. Todd Mott yep. worked at the tap. He's also worked at Portsmouth Brewing. Yep. So we won't spoil too much, but we have an amazing episode with them next week. So cheers. 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 Suck it, Ryan. One take. One take, Matty D.